Welcome to The Hort Report, a podcast brought to you by the GIE Media Horticulture Group. I'm Chris Manning. On today's show, I'm joined by Brandon Godsacker, the COO of Superior Fresh, and Adam Shinners, the head grower at Superior Fresh. Superior Fresh is an aquaponics wholesale operation located in Wisconsin, and it's the largest aquaponics operation in the United States. Adam and Brandon, thank you for joining me on the Hort Report podcast. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. First question, I'd love to hear from both of you on this. Superior Fresh is has the largest facility of its kind in the United States. What goes into doing aquaponics on that scale, and how long did it take you guys to develop a system in a facility at that size? Um, it took us probably about five years or just over five years to go through um, the design and then the final implementation of this specific facility. We had multiple renditions of uh, aquaculture facility designs by themselves uh, initially, and eventually we decided we wanted to uh, try to utilize the nutrients from the aquaculture systems um, to grow plants. And then when the greenhouse became uh, part of the project, we learned it was very, very involved and detailed. And so um, overall, yeah, it took about five years to put the whole project together. Um, but very intensive project and facility. Now, are you both in this project from the beginning? And, and, what, and both for those of the listeners know, what is your, your both of your respective backgrounds? And, and were, is aquaponics like a passion for you guys or is it something that you learned about in, in, in some other education setting? No, I, I definitely have not been involved from the very, very start like Brandon had there with the system design and some of the research they did here and how they designed facilities, how they take the plots and the land and all that. Um, I believe Brandon's five years into this now and I'm only in just over a year. Um, I moved here from Ireland in January of last year, just when we were kind of filling the pools in the greenhouse with water, let's say. So really just in time for the produce side of it. Um, I would say my skill set or expertise probably wasn't even needed for the first four or five years when they were figuring the other stuff out. And my own background isn't necessarily in controlled environment agriculture. Um, I've done a bachelor's degree in biotechnology and bioanalysis. So in Europe and back home in Ireland, the pharmaceutical industry was taken off quite heavy. So there was a lot of programs aimed towards that. And there still is a lot of U.S. you know multinational companies setting up in Ireland. So my bachelor's degree was more aimed towards that. I got into control environment agriculture, I don't know how to say it except maybe by luck. Um, when I was going to do some research, um, I ended up getting a research master's and I got the chance to work under uh, Professor Gary Studi who spent 15, 20 years in the Kennedy Space Center sending experiments like plant experiments and controlled experiments to the space station. Um, he was one of my supervisors for my master's, and the goal of my master's was to you know, see if hormones that we extract from plants could be used as a hormone replacement therapy for like bone disorders and cancer disorders. And I was doing this on rodents and on cell lines in the lab. Um, but we couldn't get our hands on these hormones very easy, so I was lucky enough to have Gary who taught me all about controlled environments and hydroponics and how to grow crops indoors, and that was really the only way I could get my hands on this, on this hormone that I wanted to test. Um, so 
I didn't necessarily go to college straight for a controlled environment, but I was lucky enough to deal with one guy that was heavy in that industry, and that's how I, I got to this point. And Brandon and the guys here kind of reached out, scoping the fields for people, and they were lucky to come across. Well, I was lucky more so. They they came across Gary, and then Gary threw me this way, and and now I'm here a year later. So, a lot of luck. <laughs> My background isn't nearly as exciting um, as Adam's, um, but I am from northern Wisconsin. I went to school at UW-Stevens Point for biology uh, with an emphasis in aquaculture and um, fisheries. Shortly after I graduated, I moved over to Shepherdstown, West Virginia to work at the Freshwater Institute, um, a very well-known research facility specializing in aquaculture around um, Atlantic salmon. Uh, I should say salmonids as a whole, but they've also worked with things like walleye and perch. Um, but we, we funded a study. I worked under Dr. Steve Sommerfeld for a little over a year. Uh, was fortunate to travel all over North America to see facilities, um, facilities that were being built. Uh, facilities that were still in the plans and, and design phases and facilities that were operating already. And so um, I got a really good perspective and, and outlook on the aquaculture industry uh, while I was traveling. And then my, it became my passion and my goal to build and develop either, you know, an aquaculture, aquaponics farm somewhere in the U.S. And while I was there, I was also developing business plans, revising my business plan to make something work. And, uh, yeah, eventually eventually we made it happen. We built Superior Fresh. So, Brandon, this system is something that you designed, correct? And, and if that's true, what, what goes into doing that? How long does that take? And, and how do you know that, I mean, before you build it, how, do you, how, do you, can, how can you go about verifying that it is a system that, that is going to work and be something you can, you can build out at this scale? designing the facility by any means. Um, I uh, was the conduit to bring the, you know, all the right people together uh, on the project, but uh, Dr. Steve Sommerfeld designed the aquaculture portion of the facility, so he's got many, many, many years in, uh, or in experience in designing intensive RAS systems, specifically around Atlantic salmon. He's got an endless amount of papers and research and data and information on how these systems run and operate. And so my goal was to utilize that system design that's already been proven as a standalone system and then bring in a, I guess, a, a proven design or hydroponic system. And then the goal was to marry the two. I can't take credit for designing the systems by any means, but um, was definitely a big part of bringing all the right people together and creating the collaboration needed to build the facility and make it work and run. So the goal was to use system designs that have been proven already and then marry them. In selling products and selling the, the fish you guys are, are, are raising and the, and the greens you're growing and then, then finding customers, is explaining what aquaponics is and why it's an advantageous growing model and why it's sustainable and all the benefits of it a, a challenge to, to your end customer? So far, everybody's been uh, very responsive in a positive way as to how we're growing our food here. 
Um, not a lot of people know what aquaponics is and how it works, so we're definitely spending a lot of time trying to educate educate people. So we bring in a lot of groups. Um, we bring in, you know, student tours. We work with a lot of schools um, in the area, and then all our, our buyers they always are welcome to come see the facility. Any people, anybody that's selling our product is, is welcome to come see the facility and understand how it operates, why we are doing what we're doing, and then they can help tell the story and help educate the end consumer. So, so far it's been really good responses all around on what we're trying to get accomplished here. Superior Fresh produces leafy greens, and you can produce multiple kinds of leafy greens at once in the system. So what specific types of greens and herbs is Superior Fresh producing? And and down the line, do you see the potential to add in either different varieties of greens and herbs or different types of crops altogether? Yes, definitely. I mean, in my opinion, the idea behind these systems is that you can grow a diverse amount of crops and grow them year-round, but... Currently, you know, we are producing a wide range of produce from lettuce to spinach, arugula, kale, Swiss chard, and we hope to very soon add, you know, microgreens and, and a herb line to it in the next few weeks. And we're just in the middle of starting up some trials and stuff here, and they look promising. Um, and the, the data out there and that stuff has kind of already been laid down, so we're confident that we can make that work here on our end with an aquaponic system rather than a hydroponic system. Um, but yeah, for sure, we're always trying to add diversity, um, and we're trying not to add it just for the sake of it at times. We're trying to kind of go off customer feedback, and the, the team here have built a pretty solid you know, customer base at the moment, so they're slowly but surely starting to add for more specialty stuff, and that's what's kind of inducing us to start this trial in. Now, when you're looking at varieties and you're and look at the types of varieties you're using now, do, are there specific varieties that are that are either bred or are available that are best for aquaponic systems, or are you pulling things that are maybe best for hydroponics, or um, what, like what kind of seeds and, and varieties are you actually using in in the system? Yeah, um, well, because we're certified organic, you know, the, the first parameter we always have to get through is you know getting organically certified seeds, and as of right now, there is definitely varieties being at least published to be used for hydroponics. So we kind of look at hydroponics as the market with regards to seeds because of our hydroponic greenhouse and hydroponic system. You know, that while the crops, you know, at the cellular level can maybe tell there's an aquaponic solution there because there's more microbes in the water, we have yet to find, you know, a, a specialty seed company that, that claims this variety will go well in an aquaponic solution. So, and you know, we've even we're, we're even trying organic field varieties, and they have turned out well as as well. You know, so it's definitely an area that's still being worked on heavily. And I mean, I don't expect it to be um, all defined in the next couple of years. It's going to go on for many years because it's really only the last two to four years we're seeing this controlled environment agriculture explode. So. It takes a quite, quite a bit of time to grow a variety to seeds and then start selling it. And um, So, yeah, anything from hydroponic seeds, which are organically grown first, and then second, we'll try some field organic varieties if they suit our system. Right now, are there an, enough hydroponic organic seeds for you guys to, to pull from that where you, you, ha- you feel like you have enough to, to do everything you want to do? 
that's a that's a very good question. Um, and yes, there's in one aspect, it, the answer is yes in terms of we're able to restock our supplies of you know six or seven solid varieties that we have here that are working really well. Um, and the other side of that question would be, at times maybe we struggle to find huge diversities in the seed lines. It seems like a lot of the companies are supplying maybe roughly the same stuff now, and the, the DNA has just been spread amongst those companies. Um, but yes, there's definitely enough to provide us with enough stock to project into the future. There's definitely enough to grow a lot of you know premium products, um, but maybe just more diversity from the seed companies would be helpful. Um, according to the Superior Fresh website, all the wastes from the fish house and the greenhouse are composed are composted on site, creating a fertilizer for your farm and the other local farmers to use. Aside from the green impact of, of doing that, what are the other benefits to creating your own fertilizers in-house instead of buying it from, from one of the many companies out there? Yeah, that, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I think... We definitely have advantages of creating our own fertilizer here, um, and coming from the growing aspect of it, outside of you know selling compost and and the green impact, as you say, um, we're creating tens of thousands of organic fertilizer here every day at Superior Fresh, and because again we're an aquaponic facility and we're feeding the same dosage every day of feed to the fish, you know we can uh, ensure a very consistent nutrient solution. So. The benefits of that, to me at least, are in hydroponics, you add all your inorganic salts, your numbers are very high, you leave the crops deplete the solution and then bump them back up. So there might be you know, peaks and troughs to your growth with that type of approach. But with aquaponics, you know, we're getting a daily supply from our fish system of a constant amount of nitrogen and phosphorus and potassium and stuff. So it limits our inputs that we have to buy. So we're kind of getting two products out of the one solution, you know. So um, from a grower's aspect, that would be the benefits to me, um, for sure. It's, there's also a, a huge permitting benefit for us. Um, so it's difficult to locate uh, or site uh, commercial-type facilities anywhere. Um, but here in Wisconsin, we have very stringent uh, discharge regulations. And by <clears throat> being able to pump any unusable solids from the aquaculture system, any, any solids that we can't digest any further and utilize the nutrients from, we push those solids to basically a created wetland or infiltration basin, and that's where we collect any unusable fish waste or fish manure, and then that water, the waste gets dewatered, and that water all gets collected and irrigated right on our own land here. So um, what that means for us is we have... Uh, zero discharge uh, to surface waters of the state from our production systems, um, which is very important to prove to ourselves and others that we can build these facilities basically anywhere in the United States, if not the world. We don't have to worry or fight with different regulatory agencies when it comes to discharging. So our goal is to utilize as much waste and water as possible um, to be just that much more sustainable and then give us the opportunity to build these types of facilities near a city or in a desert or basically anywhere.
right now, food safety, I think, is on a lot of growers' mind. If you look at the, the E. coli outbreak coming out of Yuma, there, and the, the unfortunately, the one person who did die as a result of it, there is this, I think, discussion around food safety right now, a renewed conversation at the very least. So in a facility at this scale, in doing aquaponics, how do you maintain these your these food safety standards to make sure that everything that is coming out of your facility is is safe for the for the public to to eat ultimately? Yeah, it's it's really unfortunate situation uh, what's taking place right now as we speak, but we feel as though we have everything in place to ensure that the product that's coming out of our facility is is perfectly clean and. So we have SQF Level 2 certification in the greenhouse and then also in our processing rooms um, for the leafy greens. So that's a very, very important step in the, the food safety process. It's, it's the most important piece of the puzzle. So we've got operating procedures in place um, that make sure uh, that makes sure that people are handling the product properly. The product doesn't come in contact with, um, you know, hands. It's always taking the correct route through the greenhouse, through the processing facility, into the final package. But that's uh, definitely something we don't take lightly, and we focus a huge amount of time and energy on is, is the food safety aspect of the facility. For both of you, um, and thank you again for your time, is, is what role do you think aquaponics plays in the future of local food production? When you look at the, the push for local food right now, the need for local food, the demand for local food, what kind of role can aquaponics play in, in that equation? Um, I think aquaponics definitely has a, a huge role to play in that, in that piece of the puzzle of local food production. You know, northern climates are quite limited due to outside conditions throughout the year, so that really limits the amount of you know, produce that they can grow locally. And these, you know, control environment systems or aquaponic systems have pretty much been able to change that. You know, year-round now we're able to provide local organic food that, you know, is free of any pathogens, as we're seeing as definitely a big problem, as Brandon pointed out. And in my own opinion, I believe that there's a lot of um, interest being put into, or not interest, but, you know, people are getting more motivated to eat healthy foods these days. I, I feel like we've taken a, a turn in the last few years of people wanting to take care of themselves and eat stuff that's chemical-free and support local businesses. Um, and I think aquaponics definitely plays in on that uh, for sure. Another exciting piece of the aquaponics puzzle for us is that we're able to not only raise leafy greens locally, sustainably, organically, but then on the other side with the, the fish, we're raising uh, what we think is the, the best protein possible. So our Atlantic salmon are um, full of omega-3 fatty acids, which everyone knows is, is super good for you, very, very good for your heart and brain health and development um, in your younger years. And... Um, the efficiency, the feed conversion ratio for Atlantic salmon at our facility is almost one-to-one. -one. Um, so the amount of feed inputted into the system to grow protein on the front end and then utilize that nutrient-rich water to, to grow local, organic, leafy greens is, is such an incredible story. And uh, we feel it's super important, and it's only going to become more important in the future.
Brandon, Adam, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it.